Welcome to Redeemer's Church Weekly Message Podcast, where our mission is simple. We're a church that is passionate about loving God and loving people. And now, we hope you enjoy this week's message by Pastor Dwight Bennett. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Oh, come on now. Good morning, everybody. Uh, You know, I just uh, am so thankful for what Pastor Caleb shared on Memorial Day. And uh, I just want to add just uh, one more thing to that. You know, there is a gravesite in Normandy in France where 9,400 American soldiers are buried there for their service to keep more than just America free. You know, I get to travel all around the world and I get to see the amazing things that America is doing in many other places as well through organizations like USAID or through our military. Uh, I was in Uganda one day at a hotel when we were eating dinner, getting ready to transition, and I saw these five huge guys, white guys, come in. And uh, I thought, well, who are these guys? So I went out real quick and asked them, And they said they were U.S. soldiers and they were building portable uh, uh, medical facilities in northern Uganda in Sorote, Liri, Gulu, places I had been before. And I knew one of the places they were building these portable medical facilities was in a place with no electricity. And so what an honor it is to see that. So when we see the idea of what our soldiers have given their life for, I want you to understand that it is even bigger than America. There are so many places that could be under communist rule and there would be no freedom of religion. Tammy came to me yesterday and she said, did you see the article about the family in North Korea that got imprisoned for life because they had a Bible? And I went on to look, there are 70,000 people imprisoned in North Korea simply because they are believers. And so when you think of Memorial Day and the men and women who have given their life to have what we have, I hope that you're all super thankful for those who have done that very thing for us. And so what an honor it is to celebrate that holiday Uh, this day. So today is our second installment on the idea of living faith, and I'm super excited about that. I went back and listened to my message last week, and I guess I must have been shot out of a cannon last week, because you need to break that message down and listen to 30 minutes one day, 15 minutes the next, and 15 minutes the next. There was so much manna in last week's message. But the idea is this, is that we are called to live in a kingdom who is ran by a king who has released to his people the ability to do not only great things, but even greater things than we could do that Jesus did. That's what it says in John chapter 14. So it's not like I'm making a statement and and saying that, wow, we're better than Jesus. No, I'm not saying that. that We're not better than Jesus. But what makes Jesus so amazing is, is all the great things he's did, he's empowered us to even go the next step and do even greater things. 
So we talked about what is faith last week, and uh, we went through a litany of biblical examples of people who were walking by faith and what happened in their lives. And how many of you realize that it's not only when you walk, when you walk by faith, it's not only what happens in your life, but there's always something that happens in other people's lives as well when you walk by faith. Because, see, that's the kind of God we serve. He gives us the ability to do these things so that these things will have an impact on other people's lives. I made the statement that history is depending on you to get it right today so that the things that are ahead of you, the people that are waiting for you, the things that God has designed for your future, that you will be ready to accomplish them when God calls you to do them. So let's take a look at some things that, that, are, that faith is, okay? So the first thing I want you to see is this. Faith is the power to see beyond a circumstance and know God is in control. How many of you have been in the midst of something and it brings such turmoil to your life and all you can see is what's in front of you? But yet, in reality, God's not only there, he's there as well. He's out when whatever is going on in your life, that circumstance, he has the solution. And he's out ahead of you. And faith is the ability to not be trapped in the circumstance, thinking there's no hope, but seeing ahead and knowing that God's in there. The second thing that faith is, is this. Faith is a present and active force that bears historic fruit. I touched on that a little bit in sharing what the first realm of what faith is. But faith is a present and active force that bears historic fruit. How many of you remember the scripture, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever? God is living in the midst of this moment right now. This is the greatest moment of history that you'll ever live in right now. And 10 minutes later, it's gone. So God is always out in front of us. And that's what faith is. It's a present and active force that bears historic fruit. The third thing that faith is, is faith is a substance that has great value. Faith is a substance that has great value. And I'm not going to talk any more about that now because I'm going to elaborate that a great deal in my message today. But faith is a substance that has great value. Okay, some of you don't think of faith in that way. But by the time I'm done today, I hope you'll see that faith is a substance that has great value. The next thing that faith is, is faith is seeing the invisible and preparing for the impossible. Seeing the invisible and preparing for the impossible. And I'm not going to elaborate on that either because I'm going to talk about that in my message today. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this day. It's an incredible day. The Bible says it's the day that you have made. We are to rejoice and be glad in it because quite frankly, God, you've never made a bad one. You're in the midst of every one of our days, in the midst of all of our circumstances, in the midst of all of our challenges, but we can't stay focused on that because you are also an enduring God. 
You're an encouraging God. You're a victorious God. And you are also out in the midst of all of our victories. And so, Father, we thank you today for faith, for that ability to, to be able to, to see beyond where we are and knowing that you're ahead of us. And so, Father, today we just give you praise and we praise you in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said... Amen. We also want to welcome all of you who are watching us online today. We know that God has some great things for all of us today in, in this meeting. So let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 quickly. I just want to review a scripture from last week. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 7. And so uh, you know what a great thing to do is, and when I'm listening to somebody else teach, I like to circle and mark your Bible. It's okay. It's not sacrilegious to write in your Bible. Okay? If you want to remember the good stuff, circle it, highlight it, and all of those things. The Apostle Paul told the church in Corinth this. He says, we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to park here for just a little bit. Hebrews 11. We're going to look at some familiar text and kind of uh, chew through it. We're going to look at Hebrews 11, 1 through 6. And so the Bible says this. I'll be reading it from the New King James Version. And it says this. Now faith is the substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence, listen to this, of things what? Not seen. Wow, that's a mouthful. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Verse 2 says this, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Verse 3, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen, listen to this, were not made of things which are visible. Wow. What did God have to create the earth? What, what pattern did he have to go off of? And so there was nothing that the world was created by that was actually visible before he did it. God lives in that invisible realm as well. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and, and through it, he being dead still speaks. Verse 5 says this, By faith Enoch was taken away, so that he did not see death, and was not found, because God had taken him. Before he was taken, he had this testimony, that he pleased God. Now listen to what verse 6 says. Verse 6 says, without faith, everybody read this with me, the whole verse. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Let's go back to verse 1. Now faith is the substance. The Greek word for faith is, is pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. And that Greek word is distinguished as being a noun. Now, 
I'm going to drag a lot of you back to your English class, way back in probably third or fourth grade. What is a noun? A, uh, a noun is a person, a place, or a thing. An activity, for those of you who homeschool, it even goes further, and it's an activity or an idea. That's correct. Now, a person, place, or thing. Faith is real. It's a thing. It's a noun. It was never intended to be something that you never understood or something that could not be grasped. Faith is real. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. So faith is a substance. There's something to faith. Faith has a value. Now, when we think about commodities, we think of things like oil. And so when you read the commodities market, oil comes in the idea of being sold in 55 gallons at a time. A barrel of oil has a value. That value right now is fluctuating any, anything between 68 and $74 a barrel. That is its value. It is a commodity. In order to get that, you have to pay that, okay? It is a real thing. When we look at gold, gold is a commodity. It has a real value. In order to buy gold, it fluctuates so much lately and I don't have any and so but I'm going to be prepared to walk on the streets of gold but the the it, somewhere around 1800 to 2000 dollars an ounce that's the value of gold the value of gold has shot up over the last 2 years and so but gold is a commodity it has a value it is a substance faith is a substance as well it has a value but we cannot put our finger on the value of faith because you cannot distinguish something that God has and put an earthly value to it. Come on, somebody. You cannot limit faith. Faith cannot be limited by a commodities market. It's not traded on Wall Street. Faith is something that is given by God himself for everything we need at the moment we need it. So what is the value of faith? You cannot distinguish it. You cannot put a monetary value on it because it's something that is beyond an earthly thing. It's a spiritual thing. And so that's why sometimes people have a hard time understanding exactly what faith is. Because, yes, I know you've heard all the time. You need to have faith, brother. You need to have faith, sister. Well, what does that look like? Well, faith is all of those things that I talk to you about. But faith is also obtainable. It's not something that God is holding out and trying to keep from you. When we operate in the realm of what this scripture is saying, now faith is uh, the, the substance of things hoped for. There is things we hope for. By faith, it, they are obtainable. It says, for the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence is of those things that are unseen. Let me give you a couple of examples. Remember I told you a while back that uh, in our schools in Burundi that we were just making unbelievable gains. We still are. 
And I told you I promised 100 projectors. How did I promise them? I promised them by faith. Because I knew those projectors had a value. I knew that faith was able to be the substance that brought the things that I could not see come to pass. So I told you I went to my office and I looked in the corner of my office and I saw nothing with my natural eye. I pulled my, my pockets out. Remember, remember this example? I, I pulled my pockets out and there's nothing but lint in the bottom of that. And lint has no value. <laughs> Trust me, it has no value. But this is what I saw with the natural eye. But with my spiritual eye, I saw 100 projectors and hard drives sitting in that space. So when I sat at my desk, I enacted my faith. How do you enact faith? You go to the one who's able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than you can ever imagine. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. So I'm tapping on Jesus' chain. I said, Jesus... I, well, first of all, I looked, saw nothing, and then I had this feeling of in, like, oh, Dwight, why did you promise a hundred projectors? And then it quickly came to me, because this is God's project, not mine. And so if this is God's project, then getting a hundred projectors should be no problem for God, right? And so I said, Father, just that thing. I said... You've called me into these nations to start these schools, to empower these people to do great things in their nations. Now, you're firmly aware that I made the commitment to bring 100 projectors the next time I came. But Lord, you know the space is empty, but I trust you by faith that you're going to fill it. Amen. amen. Now, why could I just say amen and then start preparing for the rest of my stuff in the day? This is why faith is like a muscle. And the more you exercise your muscles, the stronger they get. Every morning, not every morning, because I've missed three mornings in a row. Most mornings I get up before the crack of dawn and my wife says, oh, I'm so proud of you. You're doing such a good job. <laughs> and I head to Planet Fitness. Because the fact is that if I don't keep exercising these 61-year-old muscles, they're going to go away. Just don't exercise for a while and you'll see how quickly your muscles atrophy. And so I go to the gym and do the things I do. And a lot of days on my way there, I'm like, dude, you're nuts. Go back to bed. This is crazy. You got a bad shoulder, a bum back, an artificial knee. Why don't you just chill out? And I think to myself, because I got too much to do for God. So I've got to strengthen this body so it can withstand the punishment of a trip to Africa. And that's what faith is. So I could look at that empty space on the floor in my office, knowing that there's nothing there now. But because of what I've seen God do in my past, I know what he's capable of doing in my future. Now, let me just go back for a minute. I told some of you who weren't aware, there used to be a time that I had a severe fear of flying. And uh, 
I told you the part of the story, but to take a step back, in 1996, I was at a meeting. The guys at the meeting were inviting us to go to the Ukraine. They said, bring all you want, all the people you want, and, you, and we'll accommodate them. They'll be great ministry. So in 1988, eight years before that, a prophet spoke a word over me that said, you will be overseas and back again, overseas and back. Now, when I'm headed to go over a cliff and, and die, my prophetic word did not, that happened in Burundi two years ago, and, but my prophetic word didn't say you'll go overseas and back again, and then you'll go overseas and die. It said, no, you'll come back again. So there was no way I was going to go over a cliff in a car and die. Because that's not what the prophet spoke. That's, that that, that would have went against the word of God, right? Yeah. So eight years have passed. So I come home and tell Tammy, oh, I, actually, did I even have a flip phone at that? Yes, I had the cool flip phone. I was the coolest youth pastor in all of Central Ohio. The flip phone, you pull open, you pull the little thing. The, you pull out a plastic thing that's supposed to draw signal. Come on. It was just a showpiece. So I said to Tammy, you're not going to believe this. The guys asked us to take a group of people to the Ukraine, and we're going to go on this great mission trip, going overseas and back again. It's going to start. So I came home. I went straight into my basement where I had a globe, and I put my finger on Columbus, Ohio, and on the Odessa of the Ukraine, and I started figuring how I was going to take a boat from the United States to the Ukraine because this mission trip obviously was not going to put me on an airplane, right? Because I got a fear of flying. God's aware of that, right? So I'm doing that and God speaks to me. And he said, you will not take a boat. You will fly in a plane. And I'm like, well, if that's the case, Lord, then you're going to have to do a miracle before we go. So here I am. Here's the revelation. I get a word, I'm going to the Ukraine, and, and I have a fear of flying, and God speaks to me at this junction in my life. And he says, you will not go on a boat, you will take a plane. Well, this was a revelation of what he said, but that chair over there is the manifestation of it actually happening. You see, in between there and here, there's a huge gap, isn't there? Well, that's where, that's what we call the faith gap. For me to overcome my fear of flying and get to there, something was going to have to happen. Well, listen, a lot happened in that year. And what happened was, is the enemy attacked me for multiple nights every week in my sleep. And so... Uh, I, would, I would go to bed one night and I would have a dream. I had multiple. I can tell you every way that a plane can crash. Every way a plane can crash. Because the enemy reminded me all the time about planes that crash. So I'm like reading my Bible in fear and I'm taking steps forward and I'm excited. I'm pumped up. And then I have a dream. 
And in this one dream, I'm sitting in the airplane, beautiful, sunny day. And I look out the window, I'm just enjoying myself, and the engine falls off, the, the left wing, just falls off. And I'm like, did anybody see that, the engine? So the pilot comes on the loudspeaker and he says, this is so-and-so, the pilot of Delta Airlines. Yes, the engine just fell off of the plane on the left side. We're going to fly in circles until our gas runs out, and then we're going to crash. Have a nice day. <laughs> so we start doing that. Then we run out of gas, and then the plane goes, and at this point, I'm flailing in, in the bed. I'm soaked with sweat. I'm tormented beyond what somebody can be tormented about. So I'm going to tell you another dream. And in another dream, uh, same thing. I'm in the back of the plane. Beautiful day. Smooth takeoff. It's wonderful to be on that airplane. And out of nowhere, the window pops out where I am. And I don't have my seatbelt on. And I get sucked out of the airplane. The only one who gets sucked out of the airplane. And I am like free falling 35,000 feet and I'm ah! all the way down. And right before I hit the ground, I wake up and I'm flailing all over the bed, hitting Tammy, smacking her. And she says this to me. She said, listen, she said, you better get heel to flying or you need to go sleep in the other bed. She said, you're... Three or four nights a week, you push me off, you, you hit me, you bump me, you don't, you're screaming in your sleep, you gotta figure this thing out. So see, I'm trying to get to the place where God's gonna heal me, but I got all of these hurdles in the way. And so two weeks before, I mean, I'm fighting, I'm getting through these dreams, I'm still doing stuff. I haven't canceled my airline ticket because I'm moving forward because I want to see the, the, the manifestation of what God revealed to me. And I went before our prayer ministry team. They began to pray over me and, and uh, it was just crazy. And, and I could just feel my earth shaking and I could just feel God touching me. And so I'm pumped, I'm psyched, we're headed to the airport. We have 26 people going out at nine and 26 people going out at four because we couldn't all get on the same flight. So we're the nine o'clock flight, we get to the airport and the guy, I go to the front counter, give him our itinerary and he starts looking through, he goes, no, these aren't the people I got on the plane. He goes, about 12 of these are on this and 14 of them are on the other flight. I, so I smiled at him. I said, you see all these parents behind me? They think I've got it together. They think all of their kids are going out on the 9 o'clock flight. If they think that we've got this screwed up, this is going to be bad right from the hit. So the guy smiles at me and says, well, let's act like we got it together, and I'm inviting you behind the counter. And as the kid comes up, you'll tell me where they are, if they're on the list, and I'll start adjusting them. And so each kid comes up, this is Joe Smith. Is he on the list? Nope, okay, Joe Smith, can I see your paperwork? And this guy starts shifting. We get all 26 people who are supposed to be on that flight. At this time, they're saying at the gate, we need the church group who's going on the airplane to come right now, we're gonna depart, we're leaving. And so, 
Uh, so we got everybody together in a circle. God bless this trip. Amen. So we start running for the gate. We start running down there. there. We're the only one there. Everybody gives you that nasty look when you're the last people on the plane. Has anybody had the nasty look? I've had it many times. The nasty look. It's like, you're the reason why we haven't took off yet? Yes, I am. Many times. So anyway, I'm not even thinking about being afraid because I'm too busy trying to make it look like everybody's on the right flight. So I get in, I sit in my seat, and I sit there, and I buckle the seatbelt, and this thing came over me. I cranked it shut. I said, take this plane off. I am healed in Jesus' name. This is going to be an amazing trip. The faster the plane went down the runway and took off, the more healed I got. That was the beginning of all of the travel that I've done. I've flown hundreds of thousands of miles. But what if I would not have passed this test? What if I would have continued in this fear mode? Number one, I'd have never experienced the greatest healing of my life. Number two, 1,151 people would not have gotten saved. Number three, hundreds and hundreds of people would not have gotten healed. You see, what was happening in 1996, 1997 was waiting for me to get it together. Do you understand what I'm saying? Faith is an active force that bears historical fruit. Why? Because somewhere between here and here is the reality of faith. And you are going to have to trust God. See, the enemy wants to short circuit you at the point of revelation. But God wants you to trust him to the point of manifestation. He wants to be able to manifest his life in you so that you can see how amazing he is. So when people came up to me and I was praying for them to be healed, do you think my faith level was high at that moment? It was off the chart because I had already passed the greatest test of my life. And if he healed me, then he can certainly heal this person that's in front of me. So we fly home. We get stuck at the airport. Another storm. And so guys go wait. There's hundreds of bags. So one of our teammates, two of our teammates went to stay with our bags. That's the way they did it back in the day. It was just much different than flying today. And so they stood by the bags with the security guard who had hundreds of questions about God. And by the time at six in the morning, they were leading this guard to Christ. That's why we had 1,551 people get saved. Because God had it all worked out. And then on the flight home, uh, John Kasich was on the plane and we got to talk to him. And those were the days that he was uh, really a good guy and all that stuff. (laughs) And we really loved that. And it was wonderful. Now, what happens when you exercise your faith? What happens is this area closes down. So when I'm sitting here promising 100 projectors and looking at an empty space, I'd already been to the place to where the gap was so wide I didn't think it would ever come to close. Now this is how big that gap was. So I'm 
sitting at my office one day, and a guy that's an acquaintance, not a friend, an acquaintance, a good guy, he calls me and says, hey, pastor, I heard about the stuff you're doing in Africa. I want to drop by. So I said, okay. He gets off at 530. I waited to him to drop by. He sits down in the chair. First thing he does is pulls out a check for $2,500 and says, I just got a huge bonus. I was praying and God said you needed money for this next trip. Now, come on. Did I call this acquaintance and tell him I knew this guy had money? I didn't call him. God did. And then he comes without anyone asking. So this begins to happen time and time again. I look over. There's 30 projectors, 30 hard drives. Father, we're still 70 short. I know I got this. Somebody calls 500, 1,000. 1,500, 2,000. Next thing I know, there's 70 projectors. Father, we're still, I know, I know, I got this. Would you just be patient? I'm pulling on, I'm pulling on people's chains. And I felt like God said, you wouldn't believe the people that denied me, but I still found many people that would do it. And so, and, and a short amount of time before we went on that next trip, there were 100 projectors and 100 hard drives ready to go. You see what exercising your faith does? It eliminates doubt. It eliminates fear. It eliminates, gee, will I get any provision? It eliminates all of these things, the four things that Jesus talks about in the book of Matthew that I'm going to talk about next week. The four times he said his disciples had too little faith. Every time you overcome one of those, the gap between what God can do and where your faith is begins to shrink. So I stand here in front of you today knowing when I say with God all things are possible. Oh, I mean it. I mean, I mean it. Here, here's my faith gap right now. OK, I know what God can do. Faith is a biblical kingdom substance that opens the door for a believer, listen to me, to experience the most costly things that God can give. I cannot put a value on that healing, but we can say, what were the results of that healing? 1,551 people got saved. What can we say about the value of that healing? A hundred projectors and hard drives came in at an average of 42.3 students. That's what our average is right now. 4,230 students are a part of the Harvest Preparation Schools of Ministry because of that. What can I say about this gap? Well, the one lady who had no job before she joined our school in Burundi, and it showed about the community development, how to build an incubator for eggs so that they would hatch. And so she said, wow, I can come up with two eggs. And she built her own incubator, put those two egg eggs in there, they hatch. Every, every egg that she got, half the eggs she ate, half the eggs she put in incubators. And now today, this lady who had no job, is employing eight people and she's selling 240 eggs every day. And now she's selling chickens and this testimony is nine months old, so she's probably changed the whole world by now. You see, faith is like a muscle. 
You have to exercise your faith. And in order for that faith gap to close, you've got to trust God. Faith is simply a matter of saying, I trust God more than I trust myself. How many times have you looked in the mirror and you've been going through something and you look at yourself and you see every imperfection of who you are? As opposed to looking in the mirror and seeing a child of God and knowing that everything your father has is for you. See, that's a total different way to look at yourself. But you're not going to get to that place until you start trusting him for everything in your life. I love the testimony of Ignacio Guevara. God said every one of your family members will be saved. He prayed for one cousin for 56 years. The last holdout. He never gave up. We were over in the youth wing when he was sharing this testimony with us personally. And I thought to myself, 56 years, oh, every day. I prayed for him every day. And then one day. See, that's how God works. You never know when that day is going to be. But if you just prepare yourself, that one day is going to come. That one day is going to come. You know, if you trust God and you have an addiction, that one day is going to come. Because you cannot put your hands... You cannot put your life in the hands of God and think that it's going to be the same. And if there's something in there that doesn't need to be in there, you can trust that God is going to work it out of you. But you have to trust him. That's what faith is. Let me review. Faith is the power to see beyond a circumstance and know God is in control. Faith is a present and active force that bears historic fruit. Do these testimonies help you a little bit? Faith is seeing the invisible and preparing for the impossible. Let's turn right now, Judy. I'm I'm, I'm working out of order right now. I know that surprises you. (laughs) But let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Everybody go there with me. When you're there, let me know you're there. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. See, when you start learning things in the, in the way that God has designed you to learn them, things become really different. Uh, I think I want 1 Corinthians. But you keep flipping as if you were just exercising your Bible flip. Yeah, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. My, my, my fault. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I had no idea that God would ultimately heal me. No idea that God would ultimately heal me. I had no idea when I left Rockwell with my 6,000th nosebleed of my life and went to my doctor for my 35th cauterization And then my nose started bleeding again. I had no idea that my wife would be watching the 700 Club at that exact moment. You know how people say, wow, what a a coincidence. No, it's a godsidence. It's not a coincidence, it's a godsidence. And so then I'm laying on the couch with ice bags on my head, on my neck, and Ben Kinslow, out of nowhere, says there's a man out 
watching us right now who's had nosebleeds all of his life. Come on. And God's going to heal you. And Tammy starts jumping up and down saying, that's for you. That's for you. That's for you. And lays hands on me. And guess who didn't have a nosebleed until the enemy attacked me in Ethiopia this last year? 28 years with no nosebleeds. I played sports. I would be at third base playing baseball with a roll of toilet paper up my nose. That's a fact. Because I wasn't going to not play third base. And at that time, they didn't care if you were bleeding and you know, blood wasn't an issue. Actually, it was a badge of honor back then. You see what I'm saying here? See, God's able to take a circumstance and in a second, he can turn it to do what he needs to have done. Second Corinthians. Okay, where are we at here? Second Corinthians, we are in the second chapter and in the ninth verse. First Corinthians 2.2, 2, 2, 2.9. First Corinthians 2.9. Okay. I'm just testing you guys, see if you're paying attention. But it is written. Don't you love that? Something profound is going to be said after that. But it is written. I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10 says this. It says, but God has revealed them to us. Through, through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, even the deep things. For what man knows the things of, of, of the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things, flip that scripture for me, that have been, uh, we might know comparing, uh, I can't see it. Can we flip to the next scripture? Number, script, uh, verse 13, yeah, there we go. And I'll do 14 after this. You know, it's a great thing that we're trying to do the cool thing by putting the scriptures up there. But geez, Louise, he's 61. <laughs> Can somebody stand with a mic? Uh, uh, yeah. Here we go. These things we also speak, not in words, which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Listen to me, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Yeah. There are things that you're going to know by faith because it goes beyond what you know with your natural mind or your natural eyes. But there are things that you have read about God so you can trust even if you haven't seen it. If God has said it, it's real. And that's why when, when we talk about, you know, uh, knowing the word of God, why do we need to know the word of God? Because our faith is built on what we know of God through his word. So the things that I have told you up here are things that happened in my life because I trusted the word of God. I trusted the word of God. Now, this word prepared there, what does that mean? This word prepare says to make ready, to make arrangements, to prepare for a coming event. This is what God is doing. 
He's making us ready. He's making arrangements. He's preparing for the coming events in our lives. And we have to know that if God calls us to a certain place, he will keep us there as well. So this is what we know, that faith has a value. Its value cannot be determined in dollars or any earthly thing because its value is way greater than that. See, the Bible says that it's God's heart that none should perish, but that all should come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so that's why we can pray for somebody for 56 years. That's why, why we can have hope for a family member when everyone else has given up on them. Faith is a biblical or kingdom substance that opens the door for a believer to experience the most expensive and costly thing that God can give. It opens the door for us to experience supernatural power that the flesh cannot provide. The things that only God can provide. What makes the life of a believer so amazing? It's living in that realm of the unseen things of our natural eye and trusting a God who brings us into a supernatural development. I'm going to stop there for today. Because I want you to, I want this to soak into your very being. I want you to see that, that God is, is, is so much bigger than sometimes what we can imagine. I want you to know that faith is not something that is so far out that you can never experience it in your natural person. I want you to see that it's important for you to get it right. It's important to close your faith gap. The greatest miracle that happened on a trip where 1,551 people got saved and hundreds of people got healed was the miracle that happened in my own life of being healed of the fear of flying, the fear of heights and all of those types of things. What's out in front of you? What's God leading you to? What are some of the things that you've always say, I wish I could do that, but boy, I just can't do it. You know, there's a lot of things in our natural life like that. But when the Bible says with God all things are possible, that's exactly what faith is. Faith is that substance, it's real, that leads you to that supernatural place God has in store for you. Would you stand with me? Sometimes when we, we see things... We, we don't quite grasp what it is until we can see a couple real examples. Tammy and I, when we go to Sarasota, uh, Florida, we like to go to Payway. How many of you ever ate at Payway when it was up at Easton? We wow, two of us? Great. This will be a great example. But they closed the Payway here in Columbus, but they have one in Sarasota. So we will go to Payway. We order at Payway, and then they say, take this number, put it on your table, and then we'll bring your meal to you. What, what is that number? 
It is the substance of things hoped for. I know they're going to cook it, and you might say, well, a number, what, what if they don't trust the number? Then we got the receipt. We got everything we need to expect that food to come to our table. And so do you. You have everything you need to know you have the substance right here. You don't need a number and hope somebody's going to bring the food. You have a God who's able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than you can ever imagine. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, wow, this is really better than I thought it was going to be. Come on. Listen, we're living in amazing times where people are depending on somebody to tell them the truth. And that's what we are. We're agents of truth who walk by faith. And so today, I just want to pray before you go. And I'm going to pray this. I'm going to pray that God gives you a divine appointment this week. That you, somebody just comes across your path and you can't help yourself but share your testimony and see them come to Christ. Father, today I thank you for faith. I thank you that it's real and it's not some far out thing that no, no one can comprehend and nobody can approach. Father, I thank you that faith is like a muscle. And that we can exercise our faith and grow stronger and stronger spiritually. And Father, I pray that these last two messages have done something inside the hearts of all of us that will encourage us to trust you more. So Father, we are your children. And all the promises of the Bible, they're yes and amen. And for everyone in here today that needs to see one of those promises activated, may you teach them to trust you. When the enemy is saying that can never happen or that's never you and you'll never, ah, well, will you shut the door on the voice of the enemy? And let the voice of the Father ring clear in their ears. And so, Father, today, as we have said earlier, we're celebrating this weekend and our freedom to be able to hear and worship and do the things that you've called us to do because of those who have paid the price to give us that freedom. And so, Father, let us have the joy of the Lord as our strength and let us have an appreciation for all that you are. And Father, today we give you praise in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, come on, let's give the Lord a praise offering. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. We hope you were challenged, encouraged, and inspired as you listened to this teaching from God's word. For more messages or information about our church, please go to www.redeemers.life.